What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Wrestling with Jonas. This is episode 70, 7-0. Yes, we've uh, reached the 70th episode, and today we're going to be covering um, NXT, the first two-hour live show on the USA Network. I know they've been uh, running it for two hours live the last couple of weeks, but uh, it's been shared half and half between the network and the USA. We're also going to be covering um, SmackDown's debut on Fox, the premiere on Fox, and what a fantastic show that was. Lots of uh, glitz and glamour and razzmatazz. Taz and uh, of course The Rock was there as well can't wait to talk about that and at the end of the episode we're going to be having a little look at the matches taking place at uh, Hell in a Cell this coming Sunday um, I'm going to introduce our special guest host very very shortly but before all of that uh, like I do every single episode go into our social media plugs so you know where to find us you can find us on Twitter of course just go on to Twitter, our Twitter handle is at withjohnners underscore pod that's at withjohnners underscore pod on Twitter on Instagram, you can find us there. Just simply uh, search Wrestling with Jonas at uh, Instagram.com forward slash Wrestling with Jonas. And of course, go out and search our ever popular, fun, and interactive Facebook community page. Just search Wrestling with Jonas. That's Jonas spelled J O H N E R S. Uh, and of course, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, please don't forget to hit subscribe so that you can be notified every time a new episode drops. Uh, this is your only podcast, I believe, for your weekly NXT, NXT UK needs. We do cover WWE pay per views. AEW pay-per-views we're also going to be covering uh, AEW Dynamite every so often and we've got a, an episode of that going up this weekend as well so for all of your all-round pro wrestling needs follow the Wrestling With Jonas podcast uh, please help us to spread the word tell your friends and tell your family so that we can continue producing quality content for you guys each and every week uh, there's a there's a, an awards for wrestling podcast out at the moment uh, voting closes in a couple of days time it's the second annual pro wrestling podcast awards there's a, a link at the top of our twitter page and at the top of our facebook page for you to go and uh, click on and vote for the wrestling with Jonas podcast in a few categories there so, uh, categories that we're looking to get nominated in uh, best solo podcast best newcomer uh, best interview and best branded so if you can put our name against those four categories that'd be very much appreciated so that's the second annual wrestling podcast awards and the links at the top of our twitter and at the top of our facebook pages so i want to introduce you to um, our special guest host um, our co-host has been on the show a few times before he's helped us cover progress on numerous occasions and he's a big fan of nxt and nxt uk so i want to welcome back kieran reed kieran welcome back to the wrestling majora's podcast buddy it's great to be back i've had a few weeks off um been playing catch up with a bit of wrestling been busy with work Glad to be back. I'm glad to get stuck in and cover everything that we're going to cover. Yeah, it's going to be a big and busy show with you. But uh, uh, so the last time I actually spoke to you or, or uh, saw you was in person in Cardiff. We saw each other, spent a bit of time with each other at uh, Cardiff for TakeOver. And uh, that was a hell of a show. We were talking off air uh, about what a great show it was. You said you had a, a few problems seating wise. So I think we're both on the floor. So whenever anybody stood up, it was kind of a bit awkward to see what was going on. But uh, nonetheless, the atmosphere and the action carried us through. And it's one of the probably one of the best shows I've ever been to definitely the best show I've been to this year uh what were your kind of quick uh snapshot summary thoughts of TakeOver Cardiff I'm sure you loved it just like I did I absolutely loved it but I spent the majority of my time laughing if I'm honest because I had a couple of people behind me and he brought his missus uh, I'm assuming she's not a wrestling fan because every time a wrestler would come out all I'd hear is, who's that <laughs> who's that <laughs> and it was it was it was just it was just funny to sit there. And I was just like, oh Jesus Christ, it's going to be a long night. And but no, uh, the actual yeah, show was amazing. Well, yeah, just a few downsides, but it's 
it's all part of going to a live show, isn't it? You always get a different mixture of crowds. Yeah, and that main event was absolutely awesome. Definitely match of the year contender. But uh, speaking of match of the year contenders and good shows, you're also at uh, um, Progress's NPS and still chasing a couple of weekends ago at the Electric Ballroom and uh, Ali Pally. So give us a quick snapshot summary of, of, uh, of that. I know that you were meant to have been on the podcast a couple of weeks ago to kind of run us through those two shows. But uh, NPS, I think you said you enjoyed it the most out of the two shows. You preferred it between that and still chasing. Tell us why you enjoyed N- NPS so so much um go ahead Kieran. so i believe when i said about the mps i think it was mainly based around the entrances because i believe on the facebook page you said who's got the most creative entrance ah yes and it was it was um obviously gene money and carnoir completely smashed out of park at mps and still did it still chasing for those that haven't seen it It, it's a long entrance but it it's a it's brilliant considering he doesn't really actually do much to entice you but he does entice you yeah. Um, both the shows were brilliant I know you haven't watched all of it so I don't want to give away too much but I know you know the result of the main event anyway yes and that literally just shocked the hell out of everybody yeah. he well, played and that... Isaiah Scott and swerved a lot of us yeah he certainly did well, well I think a lot, a lot of people are probably caught up with it now either uh, on demand or read the reviews so uh, I think you're alluding to Eddie Dennis coming out yes. after uh, uh, alluding to the fans a couple of shows back that he had retired uh, from indie wrestling from progress and was going to concentrate on NXT UK. And then he came out and cashed in his Wembley win from 12 months ago uh, to, uh, I think Mark Andrews got involved with a chair shot to the back of David Starr and uh, Mark Andrews um, helped Eddie Dennis win his first ever progress world championship. So uh, yeah, just when we thought we weren't going to see Eddie back in a progress ring, he's now their world champion. Yeah, it kind of makes me sad because that was kind of bittersweet for me. As you all know, as everyone knows, I'm a massive David Starr fan. And I was like, oh my God, he's going to win. And then Eddie's music hit. And I was just like, oh God. Oh no, he's cashing in his contract. What, what was the only... reaction like in uh, in the in the uh, Alexandra Palace? What was the reaction like from the fans? Was it a shock? Was it everyone... uh, disappointment? So everybody popped everybody it was literally like the loudest i've ever seen ali pally and obviously i was there for still chasing when david star won it and that was loud as well um i think it was the shock of everything that got people going with that one and then i think because now they've turned dennis and mark andrews heel which they've not had mark andrews heel if i recall properly now you've got the reunited fcu as well fsu sorry yeah, and when they were together before, they killed it. So they're going to kill it even more now in their heels. So I could possibly see a DNR versus SFC FSU possibly in the future, but they'd need to get a few more members. But I'm going yeah. off on a tangent. No, that's fine. And uh, yeah, like I say, I wasn't expecting Eddie Dennis to be uh, fit and healthy as quick as he has been. Because I think he only suffered his shoulder injury around about late March, early April. Because I know that he was meant to have gone over to uh, New York, New Jersey to uh, as part of the NXT UK roster 
for access uh, for WrestleMania weekend, and uh, he was injured slightly before that. I think the weekend before he was due to fly out, he posted a video on uh, on his Instagram or Facebook page uh, saying about uh, his injury and that he was going to get it assessed and that he was later operated on. So we're talking, what, six months? And he's not yeah. only been operated on, but he's fully recovered and back in the ring. Uh, I think his previous injury, which was to his other uh, shoulder or, or, or bicep was uh, kept him out for about a year so this one was was half the amount of time out of the ring but um, yeah he, like you say completely swerved all of us and uh, now he's a uh, progressive world champion so it'll be interesting to see what happens there and um, also whether there's possibly a rematch between him and David Starr maybe him and Walter somewhere down the line because uh, Walter didn't lose his title didn't he He wasn't the one that got pinned uh but he ended up uh, the one that lost the unified progress world championship at the end of it but uh and then of course um uh robo paul robinson uh won the the new title that they had up for grabs uh, still chasing as well um so uh yeah all all in all quite a quite a a good show and progress never was uh, they they always deliver there was a few swerves in that um rumble if you haven't watched it yet Oh dear, I kind of cried. Yeah, I do need to catch up with it. That's the match I'm up to and still chasing. I've seen all of NPS, but uh, like I say, time has been uh, against me. And th- this week especially, um, I've just been watching, like I say, nothing but WWE or NXT or AEW. So uh, we're going to get into it now. So this this was kind of billed as WWE or kind of wrestling's premiere week. I mean, you obviously had uh, a Raw's season premiere. Um, like I say, they've been with USA Network for quite a while, but it was their season premiere this week. Uh, you had NXT. Um, who's been on the USA Network for a couple of weeks, but it was their first head-to-head week with AEW, and it was their uh, debut season premiere, you could say, on the TNT Network, AEW. So we'll talk uh, about AEW Dynamite in episode 71, which will also be dropping this weekend. Uh, And then, of course, you had uh, SmackDown, which we'll be talking about a bit more uh, later on, Kieran, and that was their premiere on Fox. So uh, out of all of WWE's show, SmackDown is now the biggest uh, show on on the biggest network out of uh, all of the ones to carry a WWE program, and uh, yeah, a hell of a week. And of course, it's all going to be capped off with uh, Hell in a Cell, which is taking place this coming Sunday. So for a wrestling, it's been a, a wrestling fan's delight, really, with all the live wrestling and all the fantastic shows and, like I say, Premier Week and going all the head to heads. Um, so I mean, just in a nutshell, kind of. What's your experience? It's been a premier premier week between WWE, NXT, AEW. It's been a bit of a crazy week if you're a wrestling fan, Kieran. Insane. Absolutely insane. Trying to play catch up with all of it yeah. is ridiculous. Because I start work at six it's I start work at six AM every day. I can't I don't get the time to when I get back from work, I'm tired. I don't wanna have to go surfing the Netflix stuff to watch. So yeah. it's hard it's hard to play catch up, but as I said to you off air, I'm off now for the next two weeks after Monday. So I've got time to actually gradually watch things as it comes about. So I'm Are looking forward off? to it because you've got to remember that that's not just this week now. That's every week. Every week, every single week, you've got high caliber <laughs> product that's going to be pumped out on Raw, on SmackDown, NXT, AEW, not including any pay-per-views that might drop in in between as well. Um, but yeah. I trust you're all fully caught up on the products we're going to be talking about this week yes. anyway, Kieran. So, uh, yeah, like I say, the significance of of uh, this show, the NXT two hours, uh, and it was the first two hours uh, on the USA Network, like I say, the previous two weeks when they've gone live for two hours has been shared between hour one on the USA Network and hour two on the 
the WWE Network, um, of course, because I think they were finishing off the final two episodes leading up to the season finale of Suits on the USA Network, which meant they couldn't run uh, the second hour on the USA for week one and week two. But uh, week three coincided coincidentally with uh, the head-to-head first ever um, AEW Dynamite, which uh, aired on Wednesday evening. Um, I think it was uh, 8pm till 10pm um, Eastern for both shows, uh, but uh, AEW running live on the TNT network, and we're going to be covering that in a different episode, of course. But yeah, the significance of this show, NXT, um, was that it was the first um, two hours of NXT airing on the USA network in its entirety. With limited commercial interruptions, as Mauro kept telling us. Um, but uh, and 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 as the show started, Mauro kind of introduced it as combat action for your satisfaction. So that's going to be the new tagline for NXT, and I quite liked it. I don't know if that was a, a Mauro kind of uh, uh, liner there, or whether that was uh, uh, cooked up by somebody has behind the scenes. It definitely sounded like something that uh, Mauro would have come up with. But uh, combat action for your satisfaction. I'm sure that's going to be a line that he's going to be using uh, quite re- regularly. But so there was a, a really great video package to kick things off. So a new introduction called opening video package for uh, NXT on a weekly basis. Um, and of course, it had a bit of a, a voiceover from Corey Taylor from Slipknot. And of course, Slipknot, the band who plays the uh, We Are Not Your Kind um, uh, music to kick things off each and every week on NXT for their opening theme. And uh, this week's NXT, uh, it, it starts with uh, an NXT championship match. So they wanted to start things in a big way with a bit of a bang. And of course, they did uh, with Matt Riddle coming out first for his NXT championship um, uh, opportunity you could say he's been with NXT for about one year it's his first NXT opportunity uh, championship match I know that he's been in number one contenders matches which he has been unsuccessful in um, but uh, he, he, he he got this opportunity by beating Killian Dane in their kind of street fight rematch from last week which was a hell of a match um, going up against this week against uh, NXT champion of course uh, needs no introduction Adam Cole um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, were you slightly surprised to see that this match was kicking off this week's NXT? Obviously, they wanted to start things off with a bit, bit of a bang to keep things tuned, to keep people tuned to the USA Network instead of um, starting things off over with AEW. But uh, was this a bit of a surprise for you? Many thought this might have been our main event show. It was and it wasn't. Just Obviously, I've seen how the show's played out, but obviously you're going face to face, you're going head to head for the first time with AEW. So you know both shows are going to want to come out strong, and both shows did. So for me, that's the match that probably had the most anticipation on it on the card. It was thrown together last week, but I think everybody wanted to watch that. If anyone follows the indie stuff and saw Adam Cole and Matt Riddle in the indies, they'd know that those two can put on a good match. So there's no stronger way to start. Yeah. yeah. So for me, it was it was the right call. Definitely, then, yeah. Since then, I've seen the figures for the shows, and maybe it wasn't. Yeah, well, we, we'll talk about the figures a bit later on. But uh, in this match, Adam Cole came out with these these uh, uh, right wrist in a cast. Uh, with the storyline kind of angle telling us that it was caused by Matt Riddle in their kind of post-match confrontation at the end of last week's show. However, many of us are aware that Cole has been carrying a wrist injury for a number of weeks now uh, that has kept him off the road and out of the ring for a number of weeks with this being his first proper match since suffering the injury. Um, But uh, it it certainly didn't let him affect um, his match or the match quality 
against Riddle here. Uh, there was formal introductions, formal ring introductions. Like so, you had a big match feel, a big fight feel before this one kicked off. Um, and uh, Matt Riddle goes straight after Adam Cole's wrist, as you would expect. Um, there, there were dueling chants from the fans. Some fans chanted "Undisputed." Some fans chanted "Let's go, bro." Adam Cole got the first uh, two count of the match from uh, Anushi Giroshi uh, to uh, uh, to take control of the match, you could say. Uh, Cole strikes with a devastating bicycle kick before Riddle strikes back with an exploder suplex and a broton for his first two count of the match. Uh, Riddle then gets a, another two count from a flash knee strike and a fisherman buster. So far, this match, as you would expect, has been red hot. Uh, plenty of quick action and uh, offense from both men. Uh, Cole strikes back, transitioning uh, into a mid-air backstabber for another two count. That's quite an impressive move. Then there's a series of moves that had the fans and, and yours truly on the edge of their seats or on their feet. You had a Cole hitting a super kick. Riddle striking back with a, another vicious knee strike. Cole then hits an enziguri. Riddle... Uh, um, hits with a, a, a German suplex. Cole then comes back with a, an Ushi Groshi getting a, a very close near fall in that series of events uh, and that series of moves. It's just an, an awesome sequence. Uh, Riddle then crashes and burns off of a floating bro, allowing Adam Cole to get another two count from a Panama Sunrise. Adam Cole uh, takes his eye off the ball for a second, allowing Riddle to hit a, a bro to sleep. Uh, his version of the go to sleep, of course, and then a power bomb and another knee strike uh, before this time connecting with a floating uh, floating bro uh, for another close near fall. So this match was uh, 100 miles an hour. Cole manages to hit a second Panama Sunrise, but misses the last shot, allowing Riddle to apply the bro mission. And uh, the fans were going wild, thinking that they were going to get uh, um, a submission victory for Matt Riddle here, but Cole was able to escape. Uh, Riddle goes for a Fujiwara armbar, uh, first on Cole's injured wrist, and then on his left arm, but Cole escapes both attempts before delivering his last shot, Shining Wizard, uh, um, he hooks the leg and gets to pinfall, the one, two, three. So that was a, a super hot opener uh, to kick off this week's NXT between these two. Two of the best on uh, NXT, I have to say. It was a hell of a way to open the show, a hell of a way to uh, get eyes on the product. Uh, to, to, more importantly, I'd say with it being the first two-hour show to go head-to-head with AW to kind of get them people hooked into this week's show of uh, NXT. Um, and a hell of a way to introduce new people to the NXT product as well, so new eyes to the NXT. Uh, but what were your thoughts on this match then, Kieran? Hell of a match, in my opinion. It was absolutely amazing. It's not the best ones that those two have put on, just from watching indie stuff. Um, but I know that they're both carrying injuries at the minute. Right. Um, it's it's come to light after the live show that Matt Riddle's also currently carrying an injury. Okay. He's got, he's got a mild concussion. Um, so, and if you look at the match, there are some parts in it that are sloppy. Uh, just, just my opinion. Obviously, people can disagree. It's what an opinion is. But there are points in that match where there are some sloppy moments, in my opinion. Um, but for me, it was. It was a really good match. It got everyone up on their feet. And the crowd... For me, the crowd makes every match. So if the crowd ain't into it, you ain't going to have a good match. Yeah. From a viewer's perspective and a live audience perspective, if the guys are going out there and absolutely killing it, but they don't care about the wrestlers in the ring, they're not going to pop. If they don't yeah. pop, we're going to sit there and be like, eh, is it as good as it should be? 
Yeah, well, I, so, I thought it was an excellent match. I mean, it's a lot of people are saying it's possibly uh, one of the best matches ever on NXT TV. Uh, aside from any takeover matches, that this could be one of the better matches they've ever had on NXT TV. And but let's be honest, I mean, it's between two of the best, so we knew we was going to get an excellent match. Uh, but I thought it was a fantastic match, and it certainly had me shouting at the TV, jumping up and down. Um, all the reactions that, uh, uh, that that you get when you know a match has really got you hooked. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely, really, really rate this match and i can understand why they put it on first obviously to kind of get them uh, eyeballs on their product instead of the competition but um yeah uh, and, and then as if you know we, we thought that the madness of the opening match was, was over but it didn't end there as adam cole was celebrating in the ring after his epic title defense we hear the music of former and longest reigning ever nxt champion finn balor to make his return to full sale to arouse innovation and a uh, holy bleep chance from the fans. Uh, Finn Balor grabs a mic to tell Adam Cole uh, and the fans that uh, as of now, Finn Balor is NXT. So, uh, as, as you know, as, as big a reaction as uh, Balor got from the full sale fans, I can't help but think that potentially it pushes, uh, you know, contenders like Matt Riddle down the ladder again um, for, you know, another NXT opportunity. Uh, push, push him kind of back down uh, the, the contention, possibly putting himself in contention to be the next number one contender for Adam Cole's NXT Championship in the future. But uh, what's your kind of reaction to the return of Finn Balor? It was completely unexpected. I didn't see any rumours out there about this one. Uh, took me by surprise. Took the fans by surprise, I could say. And uh, yeah, but but Finn Balor looked happy to be back uh, in a place where he was the longest reigning NXT champion of all time. And um, yeah, it, probably where he's had his best matches and best success, to be honest with you. What, do you, what are your thoughts? Finn is home. Finn Balor is home now. It's where he started. It's where he made his name. And let's face it, on the main roster, as much as everyone goes, oh, he was the inaugural universal champion, blah, 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 all of this stuff. They've done nothing with him since. And I think it's good for Finn to take that time away from the main roster at the minute with what's going on with everyone. Because you've still got the draft to happen. Yeah. So I think for Finn to... I think Finn should go down to NXT six six months to a year, I reckon. Rebuild some rivalries down there. And then they will do a massive swap around because they're going to want to keep the product fresh. This is where WWE have the advantage over AEW, in my opinion, is they can mix things up. AEW has a certain talent pool where WWE has three different shows it can pick from. Yeah. So, but, yeah, it's the right call, and I'm glad that he's gone back to NXT because it's been hurting me seeing him, how he's been used on main roster. Um, so, yeah, it's a good call, and... My missus will tell you if she was here, but she's gone out uh, all morning. I've just been doing Finn's, Finn's <laughs> entrance everywhere. <laughs> I bet you've been driving her crazy. Uh, but so, yeah, like I say, I, I popped for it when it happens. But then kind of I thought, well, yeah, that, you know, Matt Riddle then becomes a bit of an afterthought and other people that might have been in contention becomes a bit of an afterthought. But uh, it does potentially build to quite an interesting match that I alluded to on the Facebook page for War Games. And we'll talk about that later on because there's one other person that's, uh, that, that pops up a bit later on that could play a part in that. And we'll talk about that potential match um, that, that, that could be building for War Games. But um, yeah, whether it's short term or whether it's long term, I'm happy to see Finn Bella back. He's, he's back, like you say, he's back home. He's back where he was comfortable. He's back where he was champion. Um, 
And uh, yeah, like I say, I, I think he looked happy to be back as well. So I think that he's pleased to be back in front of the full sale audience and a good opportunity for him to rebuild himself. We've seen so many main roster stars go back to full sale, back to NXT to kind of rebuild their career. You know, it worked for a short period of time for people like Tyson Kidd and one or two others, uh, Cesaro as well. So uh, I'm sure it'll work. Uh, it will definitely work for Finn Balor. He's too good for it not to work. And like I say, he's been he's been pushed straight into the main event scene so good for him i did notice something as well and it took me by surprise i literally paused and ran up and told my missus i paused it on a screenshot if you look at finn balor's right arm he's got a tattoo now ah that's interesting it it completely threw me you can just see the tip of it out of his jacket because i paused i looked like that's that's a tattoo uh, has does Balor wear sleeves when he wrestles? I don't know if he just wears sleeves or maybe it's just when he kind of this wears... covers this covers half of his hand though. Right, his okay. Sleeves, his sleeves normally f- like they're like f- you know like Jeff Hardy used to wear where it covers half of his hand. Right. Um, it was like that, but this was like really vibrantly coloured. Finn doesn't mm-hmm. really wear vibrantly coloured stuff. It's black with either red or white and blue and. But this had green and all sorts on it. And then I was thinking that when I first saw it. I was like, oh, he must just be wearing gear. But he wasn't in gear. I wonder if he got that cleared through uh, Vince. Because uh, they'll have to make another action figure of him now with the, the tattoo. but Because uh, <laughs> it won't match up with the old ones. But uh, there we go. So then moving on, we, we, we get an appearance from the Velveteen Dream. Looking splendid on his brand new sofa, his brand new chalange. Surrounded by a, a bevy of beautiful ladies. Uh, Dream sends out a challenge to Roderick Strong to regain his uh, uh, North American Championship, of course. And as per usual, the Dream always knows how to make his presence known. How to make an, an appearance appearance and he's another superstar that i truly believe will no doubt thrive on the usa network i think for a big channel like the usa i think they're going to love a personality like the velveteen dream uh we also get an announcement that next week drew gulak will be back on nxt he'll be defending his uh wwe cruiserweight championship against leo rush and of course leo was uh, back on our screens he won another one contenders match against only Lorkin a couple of weeks ago so that was a surprise return for leo rush and then we move on to match number two kieran io shirai versus mia yim now i've said this before aside from the fiend the transformation of io shirai, shirai or more importantly the heel io shirai has been one of the most fascinating things over recent weeks or recent months on the nxt tv or wwe tv um are, are you as much in love with the heel eo as uh, as i am or as uh, many of us are out there on the kind of wrestling community what's your thoughts on heel eo shirai i think when we did the prediction show for cardiff um the night before we went down i'm loving this new eo and i believe i called her um, nightmare eo yeah and i absolutely love it i think i just think the absolute transformation from the music to the way she carries herself in the ring is absolutely amazing and for me i don't get why they haven't used this transformation to have her against baszler because this could be the time for them to get the title off baszler mm-hmm. especially with fox wanting a more sports based yeah product and obviously there's a couple of things that happen on smackdown which we'll talk about later but it would make sense then because you could then push Baszler away from NXT a bit and have her slide up there. I mean, you don't, you don't know. They might just do it in a draft and have her throw double duty. Yeah. Um, but it, it would make sense and that would be the perfect way to do it at the next takeover. 
Yeah, well, I've got my thoughts on what I think might happen with the women's division, uh, and I'll uh, kind of take my thoughts a bit later on when we talk about um, the other women's match that's on this show. But uh, back to the match, uh, Amir Yim strikes with several stiff kicks and a double thrust to the throat of her challenger, of her opponent. Shirai hits a Tiger Fake kick or a 619 and a springboard drop kick for a two count. Uh, Mia Yim gets a close near fall of her own with an impressive code blue before following up with a tope through the ropes onto EO on the outside. Uh, EO gets a, a roll up on Yim, uh, but the referee spots. Uh, stops the count as Shirai grabs a handful of uh, Mia Yim's tights. Uh, then Yim scores a very close near fall, not quite a three count from her, her eat to feet finisher, but it wasn't quite enough. Yim goes to the top, but was stopped by EO to send her opponent crashing down to the canvas with a huge suplex from the top turnbuckle. Quite an impressive spot there. Shirai wastes no time in leaping up to the top turnbuckle, executes her patented moonsault for the eventual pinfall victory. Uh, definitely the best women's match on WWE TV so far this week, uh, with EO staking her claim on uh, being a possible number contender to whomever is the women's champion uh, after the match later on tonight. Uh, despite lengthy advert breaks during this match, because I was watching it on some uh, illegal stream or another where it kind of showed all of the adverts that uh, USA was uh, showing the, the American audience, of course, uh, this match definitely lived up to all the hype. I absolutely love this match, uh, every single second of it. Um, and, uh, it, it, you know, outside of the women's championship match, which we'll be talking about a bit later on, Kieran, this is possibly the best match NXT could have put on, um, you know, to, to really shine a spotlight on the women's division in NXT, which, as we know, is very strong anyway. But what we thoughts on this match as i've said i i like both of these characters in the ring because they both play their gimmicks really well and that's what entices me it's and we've actually got good chemistry because i believe that's only the second maybe third time they fought each other in nxt yeah it was a good match but, but obviously they fought each other in japan i believe um but yeah no for me Again, it's amazing, and it showed off both of them in a really well light. So you got you got to see the heel side of EO, but you also got to see the kayfabe side of Mia Yim. Because mm. I've noticed Mia Yim doesn't play face or heel. She kind of just goes in and does her wrestling thing, and then yeah. that's it. It's not a case of, oh, you're a face. Oh, you're a heel. Mia Yim's just, I'm going in the ring and doing what I need to do to win. Yeah, she doesn't really play up to the audience much, does she? So, uh, no. yeah, like I say, she, 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 I think she is officially a babyface, but she doesn't do babyface antics or you know play up to the fans or anything like that. So I see what you're saying, yeah. But, but no, um, yeah, for, for me it was it was a good match. Which, um, I think could have been better with longer time, but every match can be better with more time. Yeah, like I say, when you're when you're on live TV, I suppose you kind of have to stick to the time limits that they give you. But uh, yeah, good match, definitely a good match. Uh, and then we get a video package featuring um, uh, a newcomer to the NXT Women's Division, you could say, uh, highlighting Tiga Knox, who's recently returned to NXT UK. But it looks like we're going to be getting Knox on uh, the main NXT brand, uh, so she'll be on the black and gold brand very very soon. Uh, then we go to match number three, which is Johnny Gargano versus Shane Thorne. So this was another really fast-paced match with Thorne delivering uh, a high-angled suplex as he uh, dominates Gargano in the early stages of this match. Uh, Gargano takes the match to the outside with a dive through the ropes and eventually gets a two-count from a slingshot uh, spear, which he's famous for. Thorne then uh, struck back with a running cannonball and a very impressive sit-out power 
powerbomb for a very close near fall of his own. Gargano nailed a poison rana on Thorne before connecting with a super kick, and he gets the one, two, three pinfall victory. So um, I've become more of a fan of Shane Thorne uh, each time I've seen him on NXT, and this match proved to me that uh, we, he could definitely you know, be something in NXT. He, he definitely impressed me, and uh, I wouldn't be disappointed if Thorne had won this match. I think, you know, had he won this match, I think it would have been a deserved win, to be honest with you. Um, but he definitely didn't look out of place uh, against Johnny Gargano. I thought they, they gelled very well. You spoke earlier about uh, Mia Yim and Io Shirai having good chemistry. I thought that these two, Shane Thorne and Johnny Gargano, had some good chemistry as well. Um, but uh, yeah, Johnny Gargano won, and uh, yeah, so uh, I think that's Johnny Gargano's first match since NXT's gone live uh, in its two-hour format. Um, but uh, yeah, what were your thoughts on this one then? Um, I've actually done some research on this. I didn't even realise Shane Fawn's partner was released from WWE. Um, it, it just threw me a bit when I noticed it. Um, but no, Shane Fawn has come into his element quite really well, has, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Considering he spent the majority of his career as a tag team wrestler. Um Obviously, that's how he got pulled into WWE in the first place with the Mighty. Um, unfortunately, he's now injured as well. He picked up an injury in that match. Oh, he's got an okay. ACL injury. He's got an ACL strength. Um, that's a shame considering he was on a bit of a roll and he's been featured quite a bit and uh, he's had a bit of mic time and a few but matches. He can, but, um, yeah. but he can still do the mic time stuff. So he can still build up a feud for when he's back properly. If that makes sense, so he can still he can still find someone to do like what he did with Gargano. He just showed up every now and again, had a bit of a mouthy mouth mouth with him, and then it led to the match. So there's nothing stopping that from still happening. Yeah. So you could still see him on TV because I mean, an ACL it's only a strain. So normally that's four to six weeks, I believe. Yeah. So it's plenty of time to build up a rivalry with someone before his return to the ring. And if he does what he did against Gargano, then I'd look forward to watching it. Because, again, they both came up strong. They both put each other over really well. But I think that's what Gargano is to NXT. He's like the John Cena of NXT. If there's anyone you want to bring a newbie in to go against in a rivalry, it's Gargano. Because he'll take pretty much any bump. And he will give as good as he gets so he so i've discovered that there's two sorts of wrestlers there's ones that make people look good and there's ones there to make be made to look good yeah if that makes sense so i think that's what they kind of did with the whole aj john cena thing because there's been many episodes where there's been many podcasts interviews with kurt angle kurt angle always said that aj is the safest wrestler he's ever wrestled with in the ring and he makes you look good so I think that's why they've done this whole AJ Cedric Alexander stuff. Yeah, but if you watch if you watch Ring of Honor, they've they've fought in Ring of Honor as well, and those matches were brilliant there as well. So I don't know. I don't yeah, know. but, uh, but it, I thought it was a good match, and like I say, more importantly, it um, highlighted Shane Thorne quite a bit. It's a shame that he's out with a, a, an ACL tear or strain uh, but like I say four to six weeks and he could be back uh, and then we get what I thought when when we saw Adam Cole versus Matt Riddle was the opening match I automatically thought well Candice LeRae and Shayna Baszler are going to be the main event but they weren't uh, so the next match was for Shayna's NXT Women's Championship 
when uh, she went up against Candice LeRae. So uh, now, Kieran, um, as I said, you know, I was half expecting this one to go on last. Um, I was expecting the outcome to be a little bit different as well, to be honest with you. But uh, Shayna Baszler managed to to retain. There was lots of really cool spots in this, and I thought. Candice LeRae really shone, to be honest with you. Uh, I think that she she was the, kind of the star of the match, which was flying all over the place uh, with a, a triple dive through the ropes and um, all sorts of uh, high spots from Candice. And uh, Shayna kind of played her usual heel tactics. Uh, but in the end, she managed to win the match and defeat Candice LeRae with a, uh, a was it Carafuda clutch, a sleeper hold. Um, and uh, she manages to retain her NXT championship. But uh, I'd say the, the Mia Yim versus Io Shirai match was very good. This one, I felt, topped it, and it uh, was definitely the, the best, best match to this point on the card. But, uh, yeah, what were your thoughts on this one? I, like you said, I think everyone thought it was going to go differently. I had my scepticisms about it, um, just because their styles are too different, and I didn't know how... Candice would kind of counteract that because Baszler's very, very hard hitting. Um, but no, like you said, uh, for me, LeRae was the star of that match. I think the bit I love the most is where Baszler went for the Caraboota clutch in the first time. LeRae rolled out of it and put her in it herself. Yeah. I thought I thought that was brilliant. I was just like, <laughs> go on, make a tap out to her own move. What a way to go. <laughs> Yeah, but no. I mean, honest. this match was epic. I mean, it, it was back and forth. It was, it was, you know, full pace. And uh, yeah, like I say, Candice LeRae, I think she can have a good match with anybody. To be honest with you, and now that she's getting uh, more attention and more matches, um, I, 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 I mean, going back to my kind of thoughts on the NXT women's division, I honestly thought that Candice was going to win this match, which I thought would be a good main event match. Potentially Candice becomes the new champion. Shayna goes up onto SmackDown, which I think is a lot of people's long-term plan for Shayna or vision for Shayna. Uh, and then Candice will enter into a more lengthy program with Io Shirai over the title where EO heel EO will potentially or eventually win the NXT women's championship. Um, that may all still happen in the future, uh, but they definitely you know, got their sights on keeping the belt on Shayna for a bit longer by the looks of it. So they've got no plans certainly at the moment for moving her up onto either raw or SmackDown. Um, like I say our thoughts were that she was potential fodder for, uh, for, for the new SmackDown going on to Fox, uh, but that didn't happen. So what's, what's kind of your thinking behind keeping the belt on Shayna for so long? I know that she's excellent and, you know, if this was a, a kayfabe world and uh, if this was a legitimate uh, combat sport, uh, then uh, Shayna would still be the champion forever and a day, of course. Uh, but it isn't. It's professional wrestling. You would expect, you know, maybe uh, a, a babyface underdog like Candice to eventually take the belt off of her. It didn't happen this week. But can you see that being the eventual outcome? So I believe they've got a takeover coming up very soon. Same weekend as um, Survivor Series, isn't it, normally? Yeah, that would be War Games is their next one in November. Yeah, so they might do something based around that, I reckon. So they might keep it with her on that. But like I said before, um, earlier on in the show, you've got the draft coming up, and they do use all three brands in the draft. So... You, you think Baszler might be uh, drafted to one of the other two then? Well, yeah, because you could get her on to double duty. Yeah. Because she doesn't really wrestle much on NXT shows. It's more promo-based stuff. And if she does, um, 
Maria Shafira and Jasmine Duke normally get involved anyway. So the only issue is, is because they all go live. And obviously, NXT is always in Orlando. But then SmackDown travels all over the place and so does Raw. So it all depends on traveling schedule and if she's physically up for doing that. So I don't know. I don't know. It's possible. I mean, they, they they throw matches together on NXT, but they do it so well that we're all hyped for it. So you never know. In two weeks' time, might have a fatal five-way for the women's division's title, and it's a good way for her to lose the belt without being pinned. Yeah. I mean, I've got a bit of a theory. I wonder if uh, they're, they're possibly waiting for Ronda Rousey to make a return and then introduce Shayna around that same time so they can kind of build off of their friendship and build a bit of a rivalry, whether it be uh, Shayna versus Ronda or, you know, rebuild the MMA horsewomen, for example. But uh, maybe they've, they've held off from doing anything with Shayna on any of the other two brands because of Ronda's injury. Um, obviously, she, she suffered a broken hand at WrestleMania and then she nearly uh, decapitated two of her fingers while she was um, uh, recording some TV show in America. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm more than happy to see her as the NXT Women's Champion, of course, don't get me wrong, uh, but I would have expected um, her to have lost the, the, the championship before now. She certainly is uh, putting in kind of a, an Asuka uh, length reign, to be honest with you, and I think she's in her second defence now of the championship, but uh, yeah, it's, it's going into... What must be going into maybe a second year now as a as a as, a, as the NXT champion, um, but uh, I think Give that she two did she did she regain the women's championship against Kyrie Sane in Phoenix in January, take over yes. Phoenix uh, just before the Rumble. So well, no, you she, know, she got it back at Evolution. Right, women pay per view. So if that's the case, then she's been um, she's had her second championship reign uh, for pretty much a whole year now. Because I remember it was October of last year when the Evolution pay per view took place. So uh, her second reign has been going for yeah nearly twelve months, and that's that's a, a good championship reign for anybody. But um, yeah, I, I think that it would be refreshing to see a new champion if it, if that makes sense. And I think that's what I'm trying to say. And I think Candice Ray would make a good babyface champion, put her in a program for the title against the Shirai. Um, so uh, yeah, that, that could be a good uh, fresh uh, championship kind of uh, feud. Yes. But uh, then we're reminded that uh, Imperium um, uh, and their arrival onto the black and gold brand on NXT, of course, and uh, uh, their, their battles and their feud with Kushida over recent weeks. Um, and the, the, the Kushida will be going up against the leader of Imperium um, and the leader of Ring Camp, Voltaire, uh, next week on NXT. So we're uh, looking forward to that one. I know you've seen Walter in the flesh a few times. We're big fans of Walter on this podcast. Uh, Walter versus Kushida, a bit of a mix of styles, but they, the, the chemistry seems to be there. I think a lot of people are quite hyped for this one and looking forward to seeing what Kushida and Walter uh, can bring to our TV screens. I feel bad for him. I'm not going to lie. I feel bad for Kashida. He's going to he's he's going to get battered with chops. <laughs> he's just going to get it's going to get battered. Um so just to let you know as well, sorry, I just did some Shayna Baszler research. She won the title in October 28th last year. So she's nearly hitting a year now. So that must have been at the Evolution pay-per-view then because I think that's when the the title changed hands against Kyrie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, uh, Walter and Kushida, does it does it do anything for you? <laughs> uh, yes. In like you said, uh, it's a contrast in styles. So, but like I said as well, I feel sorry for Kushida. Just look at the size difference. 
If Walter yeah. wanted to hurt him, he could. And I think that's the bit that scares me about matches with Walter in. If you just just look at the legit size of Walter and I think I posted a picture on the Facebook page of a chop that Walter gave someone and his hand's just in the guy's chest. <laughs> it, it, yeah, you saw all the oh, muscle it, and all the fat kind of reverberate around this handprint. Uh, but uh, was, uh, it, I, I, I think Walter has his best matches when he's in there against a smaller opponent. Because he can look more dominant and I think that's what he prides himself on. So yeah. like we saw in Cardiff, he fought a smaller opponent, but Tyler is really strong so he could kind of play the power game but then it also made tyler look stronger as the underdog because he can play the power game as well yeah, where yeah. i don't think kashid is a different type that. of wrestler though isn't he? he's not got the power yeah. uh, advantage he, he's got he's probably got the pace and maybe got some uh, high flying moves there to throw in there but uh, i think he's going to keep walter on his toes but i think walter's tactics is going to be keeping him down on the canvas with with them uh, uh yeah with them Submission holds, the sleeper hold, the, the chops down to the floor. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this one ends. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they book it, whether there'll be any out, outside interference from the rest of Imperium. Um, but uh, that'll be a match we'll be covering on next week's show. But definitely a match I'm looking forward to. Um, and uh, good to see Walter being featured on uh, kind of the, the NXT brand now. Because um, there was a point where a lot of people were saying, Walter didn't want to fly outside of uh, Europe. Uh, he didn't want to wrestle on any of the main brands or on NXT in Florida because he didn't didn't like wrestling in, in, in America. He has been over to America and wrestled quite a few times, but he preferred to be European-based. But if Imperium are going to be featured on the black and gold brand, Kieran, he's going to be over in uh, America, over in Florida, every single week. So, um, uh, yeah, that should be quite interesting. But I'm looking forward to that match nonetheless. But moving on to the next match, um, Pete Dunne. Uh, I'd say our, our favourite from um, NXT UK and Progress and UK Indie Wrestling. Uh, it's definitely made a name for himself on the WWE umbrella, of course, going up against another Brit, a fellow Brit, Danny Birch, this time around. Now, with Pete Dunne, he's featured quite heavily on the, the previous two episodes. Now, it's the third episode running where he's featured quite heavily on NXT, so they've definitely given him a good push. Um, and here, going up against uh, uh, another bruiserweight of sorts, uh, Danny Burch, another hard-hitting character. Um, but here, uh, just like uh, every other match, uh, on this week's show, this match starts at breakneck speed, so they're not holding back. They're not kind of slowing the matches down on these live shows. They're going at it full, full halt, full tilt. You could say uh, Birch gets busted open in this match as well, just underneath his right eye, possibly from a from a forearm. Uh, Dunn also gets a close near fall from a sit-out power bomb. Birch connects with a, a pop-up power bomb uh, and the knee strike and a uh, a rope hang DDT, which was quite impressive for a two count for Birch. There, Dunn goes for uh, Birch's fingers. Uh, it's kind of patented finger snap, um, and uh, uh, he puts Danny Birch away with a bitter end in the end. Kieran, so that was a, a really fun match. Another fun match, hard hitting as you would expect from these two uh, hard hitting individuals. Pete Dunn coming out on top. Um, but uh, before Pete Dunn could celebrate, the lights go out, leaving just a spotlight on the centre of the ring. And uh, we're all greeted by the sight of Damien Priest, who attacks Dunn from behind, laying out the bruiser weight, almost certainly setting up a big time feud between these two. So your thoughts on the, the match and your thoughts on what happened afterwards, Kieran? So that's actually the first time I've seen Damien Priest on TV. Okay. <laughs> um, I was relatively surprised. I think out of all the people they could put Pete Dunn with, it's a good pick, to be fair. Um, if Damien Priest can go over in the feud, it'd be 
brilliant for him because obviously, like you said, Pete's made a name for himself now. And he he is, like I said, with AJ and stuff, he's kind of a go-to guy for people to look big. He's look strong, strong, isn't he? Yeah, he can have yeah, a good match so he can, Yeah. And I think that's amazing. It puts Pete in good light as well. So, yeah, it does... Uh, yeah, I'm intrigued to see how this feud goes, to be honest. I want to see who they put over in it. Because obviously yeah, you've that... just had Pete wrestling for the North American title. So if Priest goes over, Pete, does that now put him in line for the North American title? You've now got Johnny Gargano technically sitting in mid-card. There's there's so many options out there. Yeah, it really is a bit of a mixed bag as far as who's going to be uh, going up, vying for the titles going forward. But uh, another good outing for Pete Dunne. Got attacked afterwards, setting up a you know quite a, a top-line feud between him and Damian Priest, another wrestler that they're looking to, to push for the future. Um, so it'll be interesting to see who comes out on top for that one. Could be a potential takeover match. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing them two in a, in a takeover. I think it'll certainly deliver. And we haven't seen Damian Priest in like a, a top-level feud or a takeover match yet, so that'd be quite refreshing. Um, and then we get Kathy Kelly backstage speaking to Adam Cole when the rest of the Undisputed Era jump in with uh, Adam Cole telling them that uh, O'Reilly and Fish must continue the Undisputed Prophecy by retaining their championships against the Street Profits in tonight's main event. So then we go straight into the main event. Um, Street Profits come out, they're they're sung to the ring, introduced by uh, Wale, um, uh, an American rapper that I'm not too familiar with, if I'm honest with you. And then we get the entrance of uh, Undisputed Era. Uh, so uh, the, the Profits and the Undisputed Era uh, has given us some outstanding matches this year, especially when you think back to TakeOver 25, the Fatal 4-Way Ladder match in particular. Uh, more recently, the Profits dropped the titles to uh, the Undisputed Era on an episode of NXT TV a few weeks ago. Uh, the Heels did a, a great job in, in cutting off the ring in this match throughout the match, really, keeping Mon- Montez Ford grounded in their corner. Um, there, there's a, a code-breaker wheelbarrow suplex combo from Fish and O'Reilly for a 2 count uh, Ford does eventually make the hot tag to his partner Angelo Dawkins who cleans house sending O'Reilly and sending Kyle O'Reilly crashing into his partner Fish with a, a huge pounce uh, sending both of them kind of uh, always flying out the ring before spearing Fish into the canvas Dawkins drops O'Reilly with a, uh, a leg catch suplex uh, Fish goes after Dawkins left knee before O'Reilly hooks in a knee bar which uh, soon gets broken up thanks to his tag team partner um, Bobby Fish finds nothing but canvas from a big splash, allowing Montez Ford to deliver one of his own, getting a two count from it for his troubles. Bobby Fish and find uh, Fish and O'Reilly were about to get the hell out of there, um, leave the match, get out of dodge when they met with a, an outstanding somersault plancher clean over the ring post um, from Montez Ford onto his, their opponents on the outside. That was a super impressive spot, something that we've seen Ricochet do in the past, but now Montez Ford is following suit. Ford then throws Fish back into the ring, um, hoping to get an end to the match when the North American champion Roddy Strong comes down to interfere. Dawkins puts an end to uh, that with a dive through the ropes, uh, but following the distraction from uh, Fish and O'Reilly, they're able to hit their high-low finisher with O'Reilly hooking the leg of Montez forward and getting the pinfall victory. So uh, the uh, Undisputed Era retaining their championships here. Fish and O'Reilly celebrating in the ring. We see Adam Cole then come out to the stage to show off his uh, championship after his victory against Matt Riddle from the uh, show opener earlier on in the night. But he is interrupted by none other than 
Tommaso Ciampa. So Ciampa comes out circling the NXT Championship, looking uh, down at Goldie um, as uh, the the history-making episode of NXT goes off the air with uh, a bit of a stare down from Tommaso Ciampa and NXT champion Adam Cole. So, Kieran, that was an outstanding match, a really good victory there for the Undisputed Era to retain their championships. Um, But what's your thoughts on this match? And uh, what's your thoughts on the return of uh, Tommaso Ciampa? Absolutely amazing, to be honest. Um, I'm glad to see Tomato back, if I'm honest. Um, it's been a while. It's been quite a long time yeah, since we've seen Tomato. He's been out for another, what, six to eight months himself. I think it's probably been since about... Because uh, I know that he was originally in the discussion to be main eventing TakeOver around WrestleMania weekend against Johnny Gargano. And he's pulled, I think, literally a couple of weeks before that match uh, was due to take place. So I think he's officially been on the sidelines since about late March, early April this year. So another six or seven months out for Tommaso. But he's had neck surgery. And he's, he's not only recovered from that, but he's trained and he's fit. And he's been cleared to uh, to return after only six to seven months from neck injury uh, from neck surgery, it's been uh, quite quite astonishing, really. Um, I've I've been watching quite a few of his bits online about this. So he does like occasional video interviews about it and stuff like that. And he says that he's amazed himself at how quickly his body's healed yeah. with this. I think he says because of his passion he has currently, it's it's his words were it's gone through my body and helped me heal to get back to what I love quicker. Yeah. And I was like, that is literally one of the, the most brilliant things I've ever heard. And it could be true. It's all about mindset and your passion for things. If you're willing to work for something, then you will recover quicker. And Tommaso's proved that with this. Yeah. Most people come of... out with neck injuries are out for nearly a year. Well, so, this is it, yeah. I mean, I was, I was always half expecting it to be a, a career-threatening injury to, to possibly keep him out for longer or possibly forever. But, uh, yeah, he's certainly done the trick and whatever what, whatever helped him to heal as quickly as it did certainly did the trick here. But uh, So so we've, we've had the return of Finn Balor in one night. We've had the return of Tommaso Ciampa, both of them staring down the champion, uh, both of them possibly staking their claim to being contenders for his championship. Um, but uh, I've also seen rumours online of, of them potentially joining forces, adding maybe a Johnny Gargano and a Velveteen Dream to go up against all four members of the Undisputed Era in maybe a War, War Games cage match um, at the next TakeOver. So so what do you think about that bit of potential fantasy booking? I know you, you like to do a bit of fantasy booking yourself, but uh, uh, Gargano... Champa on the same side with Finn Balor and Dream to go against uh, Undisputed Era. What are your thoughts on that one? Take Dream out, add in Pete Dunn because he's a spot monkey, and we got a deal. Um, I think I'm not sure they'd put Dream in a match like that. I know he likes to take big spots, but a war game's a whole different kettle of fish. It's very intense the whole time you're in there. So, for me, I would probably take out Dream and add either Pete or Damien Priest in there um, because they don't mind getting a smack in the face. Yeah, Dream is feuding with um, Strong at the moment, though, so that, that feud could I know, so on that spill side, over into on that all side games. It match. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, and I think they should do it old school way as well. 
So do you not remember the old ones where whoever pinned, whoever got the winning pinfall, got a shot at the champ? Ah, it okay. adds that other twist to it. Yeah. Adds that other twist because then you've got the four people fighting against the fighting against the UE to be like, oh, oh wait, who's going to get the pinfall? Or it just adds that little bit of a twist. Could could they be? Could they put all the championships on the line? I don't think they would do that because it kind of you couldn't have all titles change in one place. And I think that as well is why they wouldn't do the UE in the War Games because then you'd just have to have a load of mid card matches. If that makes sense, you've got. If you did that, you'd only be able to have the War Games match with entire people and a women's title match that would entice people because you wouldn't have your tag and you wouldn't have your North American. I could throw in there the, the Cruiserweight Championship match, maybe uh, oh, yeah, an maybe maybe a, a, a WWE, um, yeah, maybe a, a WWE uh, United Kingdom Championship match with Walter defending this championship. So there's options. So you look say the NXT roster on its own is quite quite deep. Um, it's got a lot of uh, well, it's got some of the best wrestlers in the world outside of uh, the eight people that we've just mentioned. But it's only speculation, and maybe it's just my my mind working overtime, Kieran. To be honest with you, but uh, that I would be brilliant, though. Yeah, I half expect Undisputed Era to be in that uh, War Games match, but uh, uh, it's, it's a question of who are they going to face. That's that's the big question. But uh, overall, I thought it was a, a really, really strong episode of NXT. And to be honest with you, it was, it was takeover level. It was takeover standard. I think a lot of people are saying that this could have been a you know a, a takeover by any other name and you wouldn't have known any different to be honest with you they they pulled out all the stops and i think since they've gone live over 2 hours the last few weeks they really have pulled out all the stops and they are producing fantastic quality matches uh, good rivalries um and some good storylines and uh, i think that's what they need to do if they if they want to kind of not only match but p- potentially uh, go one better than aw in the future um but so what were your kind of overall uh, thoughts your kind of uh, your lasting memories of this episode of nxt then kieran return of finn return of tomasai um those two were they were the major things because they were the two things that nobody was expecting so both quite quiet social media wise about it um all of the matches to be fair were brilliant for the timings that they had for each match yeah. Uh, so for me, just the whole show stood out. But I was thinking about this after watching NXT and NXT UK this morning and watching Raw and all of the stuff I've watched about SmackDown. Since AEW have come on the scene, all four shows have upped their game yeah. massively. And it it is only better for us as WWE watching fans because... We know we're going to get quality now. Yeah, competition it's is brilliant. good. Yeah, it and um, it's brought out the best in everybody. I think everyone's gone right. There's another company here. We know the talents from when we used to wrestle indies. Obviously, you've got a few people there that are part that used to be part of WWE as well. So they all kind of know each other in an interlinked way. So they know what they've got to do to outmatch that person. Yeah, I think the big question is, can they keep up this, these standards? Can they keep up the, the the quality and the intensity of these shows and these matches every single week? And uh, uh, I know there's been some conversation online about possible burnout for wrestlers, you know, putting on these high-caliber, high-level wrestling matches each and every week live, um, two hours every single week. 
And I, I personally think they can because you can rotate wrestlers in and out. You can rotate feuds in and out, storylines in and out. And one week you can have the, the top line feud uh, be involved in some kind of wrestling match. And then the following week in like a, a promo exchange. So that there's ways of, of protecting your wrestlers and looking after your wrestlers so they don't suffer from burnout. I understand the concerns there. And that's one of the concerns I have is going at this kind of high pace, um, high momentum every single week for two hours that potentially there could be injuries like you say there, there has been injuries recently um where they are going 110 miles an hour every single match let's say shane thorne could be out for a few weeks um adam cole's suffering you know suffering with a bit of a, a wrist injury um but um you know at the end of the day this is professional wrestling and it, it happens it does happen it's, it's not ballet dancing uh but uh, i'm looking forward to seeing you know, like you say, that the quality of the product overall has been absolutely fantastic. Raw, I thought, was a really strong show. SmackDown, which we'll be talking about in a minute, was a, a very strong show. NXT and AEW, they pulled out all the stops and the two very, very strong shows. We got uh, Helen Cell this coming Sunday. So I think, as we've said a million and one times on this podcast, it's a wonderful time to be a wrestling fan. Um, and I think that the quality of the shows are getting better and better and better each and every week because of the competition, because of them wanting to get one up on their, on the next show that might be airing or the uh, AEW or whatever it might be. You've obviously got NWA. They're launching their, uh, it's not live, but they're launching their new weekly TV show. Uh, it's going to be an, a YouTube exclusive show. So everybody can watch it on YouTube starting from next week. Uh, you also got MLW that's uh, producing some really good content. You've got New Japan that's uh, pumping out good content all the time. So, yeah, if you're a wrestling fan, whether it be of indie wrestling or mainstream wrestling, WWE, you're looking for an alternative with AEW, then, uh, yeah, you, you're spoiled for choice. Um, but I, I say, you know, if you're a wrestling fan, enjoy everything. Enjoy as much as you can and uh, try to be supportive of the industry as a whole because it just makes the industry as a whole stronger. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, what a great time to be alive and that that doesn't even cap off premier week kieran because we're now going to be talking about mm. smackdown from last night so uh smackdown was full of superstars full of legends uh full of returns full of shocks full of surprises there was a, a 30 minute blue carpet special pre-show before uh smackdown or fox even started with uh, a lot of um, current wwe roster members and uh, legends coming down the blue carpet being interviewed uh, then we had uh, the commentary team of michael cole and Corey graves uh, so refreshing to see kind of back to a two-man booth instead of the three-man booth that they've had on various shows for so many years now and then the show opened with vince mcmahon and Stephanie McMahon, they came out uh, to kind of open the show and introduce us to the new SmackDown on Fox. There was a kind of a, a new video package of an opening video with ACDC's Are You Ready for a Good Time? Uh, ACDC playing us into uh, the new era of SmackDown on Fox. Uh, and it appeared to be a pretty much a sellout audience um, at the Staples Center in Los Angeles. And uh, I think the ticket sales were dragging a little bit uh, until recent weeks. So certainly over the last couple of weeks when The Rock was announced to make an appearance. And I think there's a massive spike in sales. Uh, but I think it, it looked pretty full. I mean, usually uh, when you get see fan photos online, you see kind of half the audience uh, bare. Certainly hard camera side is normally empty where the camera, uh, the shoots inside the other side of the uh, audience is normally full where they pushed them all up into one area. But I think the whole arena looked pretty full. Um, but uh, to, to kick things off, we had Becky Lynch coming out followed by Baron Corbin uh, to kick things off. And uh, Becky dared Baron to step inside the ring. But before he could, we got the music from the jabroni beating, eyebrow raising, people's champion, The Rock, 
And uh, yeah, the, the Rock and Becky Leach in the same ring to kick things off, Kieran. A pretty special way to start the season premiere of uh, SmackDown on Fox, buddy. What did you think of uh, The Rock, Baron Corbin and Becky Lynch? I love it. Anytime you've got The Rock on a card, even if it is just for a promo segment and a little beat down, you know it's going to draw people. It's all you've got to do. Even if you don't show up, just put his name on the poster. People will still come. It's it's, it's fine. Dwayne Johnson's Dwayne Johnson's that guy that if you want numbers, just put his name on something. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you saw as well, there was a couple of things that went about on um, Twitter before this as well. Randy Orton called him out for a match at WrestleMania 36. Nice. John Cena congratulated him, saying he now knows what family means after being on Fast and Furious 9. I thought you've been with WWE longer. This is your first film. How how is fa- the Fast Crew more your family than the WWE people? <laughs> I, was, I was like, it's more of a slap. It's kind of a slap in the face than a compliment. Yeah, but, uh, um, it, but it, yeah. it's a really fun segment and uh, a great way to kick things off. You know, the Rock and Becky they they played off of one another with a bit of toilet humour, some humorous lines uh, lines aimed at uh, King Baron Corbin, of course. Uh, the Rock said that uh, just be- just because Corbin won the King of the Ring, it doesn't mean that he's an actual king, and he looked more like a thirty five year old virgin at a Comic Con um, in cosplay. The segment ended with Corbin getting beaten down receiving a leg drop from Becky a people's elbow and a rock bottom from Dwayne um, as the man and the rock celebrated in the ring together so quite a fun segment um, always great to see the rock back on our WWE screens I don't think it's going to be a regular occurrence by any stretch of the imagination we might not see him again uh, for another year or two uh, knowing our look but uh, a really uh, fun way to kick off uh, Smackdown the, the, the biggest entertainer in the world the, the, the highest grossing box office uh, movie star at the moment so uh, and of course um, the man uh, the most over wrestler in all of WWE so uh, yeah there we go great way to kick things off and then we go straight to a match uh, Becky Lynch hangs around for her tag match teaming up against uh, uh with charlotte against bailey and sasha banks so charlotte and becky won the match after charlotte made bailey tap out from a figure eight um now uh in in, in just one day's time tomorrow at uh hell in a cell becky is defended a raw women's championship against sasha banks we're going to be talking our predictions a bit later on but uh, this obviously helped to set up that match what was your thoughts on kind of this pair in here the 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 tag match uh with charlotte getting the win from the from a figure eight leg lock i don't mean to this to be insulting but bored of it now i'm so bored of it in some way shape or form we've had it for like three weeks now on both shows you've had Sasha versus Charlotte. You've had Bailey versus Becky. You've had handicap matches. You had tag matches. You, you, you're just putting emphasis on those four people. You're not incorporating anybody else. You're making your Divas division look weak. Yeah, you make a good point. Yeah, like I say, it, it, uh, all the women's storyline is revolved around these four wrestlers, whether it be on Raw, whether it be on SmackDown, um, and uh, say Helen and Hell, of course. Um, but uh, yeah, do need to fresh it. And they've got the talent. They've got the people. They've got the resources. You know, you've got uh, people like Curry saying in Asker that's not being utilised. Uh, you know, I mean, that's a joke as well. Yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. And you've got, uh, you know, if you look at the women's roster on WWE, NXT, NXT UK, it's it's stacked. It's absolutely stacked. So they could freshen things up. You know, I kind of like what they're doing with Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. At least Nikki Cross is getting a, a little bit of a push. 
interesting to see what they're doing uh, with the uh, WWE Women's Tag Champs, of course. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see if they defend their championships on Sunday. Uh, match not announced yet. Um, but uh, yes, they do need to do a bit more and maybe shine the spotlight on uh, a, a wider variety of women's wrestlers. Because they certainly got the talent, like I say, they're just not utilising everybody. But the money is in these four. And unfortunately, the money is, is uh, kind of in the Sasha Banks and the Beckys and the Charlottes and uh, the Baileys, of course. So um, that's where the money is at the moment. So that's where that's where the spotlight's being shone. But uh, you're not going to make any any newer superstars if you keep shining the same light on the same people. That's what I say. Uh, we get uh, a Firefly Funhouse segment. Uh, which uh, ended with uh, Bray Wyatt showing us how Sunday's match between The Fiend and Seth Rollins will end in a hell in a cell when he had Mercy the Buzzard destroy Rambling Rabbit inside of a uh, a pet's cage, uh, which is meant to look like a hell in a cell. So that was quite a fun segment. Uh, and then we've got Seth Rollins versus Shinsuke Nakamura in a non-title match, which ended when The Fiend came out, made an appearance, uh, and uh, applied the mandible claw on Seth Rollins on the ramp. Now, we're going to be talking more about their match at uh, Hell in a Cell in a moment, of course, in our predictions segment. Uh, but what were your thoughts kind of on, you know, The Fiend? He's 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 really got under Seth Rollins' skin. He seems to be kind of uh, a bit of a, a, a scaredy cat of The Fiend himself. He, he's not really coming off as a strong universal champion at the moment. He's definitely intimidated by his opponent for Sunday. Uh, but, but The Fiend's, yeah, they're, they're definitely uh, giving him every opportunity to get himself and the character over and uh, what were your thoughts on this little segment here I love it I love I love what they're doing with The Fiend and what they're doing with Seth my biggest concern and I think this is everybody's concern as well is they've give Bray slash The Fiend so much momentum I hope they do not kill it on Sunday yeah. with him not winning the title. But then in the same breath, he he will defend the title on every pay-per-view, so he haven't got to worry about it being a Brock sort of scenario. My concern is how they're going to do it across the two. So obviously you'll have Bray wearing the title in the Firefly Funhouse or have it hung up on a picture frame or, or something like that. My biggest concern is, how's The Fiend going to carry the belt to the ring? Because <laughs> he's not... He's not a title-carrying title persona. He kind of... He, he walks to the ring with his own face in his hand. It's yep. just weird. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's like something out of a horror movie, so... Uh... But, um, well, we will find out after Sunday. Um, and we'll find out very soon our thoughts on that match going into uh, Hell in a Cell very, very soon. Then we had Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon in a ladder match where uh, their careers were on the line. Or certainly Shane McMahon's career was on the line. If he'd lost, he'd be fired. I can't do it in the Vince McMahon voice. I'm sorry, but he'll be he'll be fired. Uh, from the WWE and I thought it was a really fun match uh, for what it was worth there was lots of high spots there was uh, Shane McMahon leaping from the top down buckle uh, putting himself and Kevin Owens through the announce tables there was uh, plenty of use of the ladders in and around the ring 
the match ended when uh, Shane McMahon was about to grab hold of the, the, the briefcase. Uh, he was caught by Kevin Owens and then powerbombed off the ladder through another ladder set up on the ropes and was able to climb the ladder and grab the briefcase. And uh, yeah, he announced in front of the whole world, in front of the crowd, um, in front of the, the new viewing audience on Fox that Shane McMahon was fired and is no more on WWE. So that's cause for celebration uh, in its own right there. Seeing the end of Shane McMahon, I'm sure we'll see him back around WrestleMania time. He has to have his obli- obligatory WrestleMania match, uh, diving off something high. But uh, this was a fun match and uh, gives Kevin Owens uh, a much needed win over Shane McMahon. They've been feuding for a number of months now. Good to see what Kevin Owens moves on to next. Maybe, you know, some kind of championship opportunity. I'm not sure. We'll have to see what uh, has in store for him from the draft next week, uh, where that uh, lands in, whether he lands in uh, Raw, SmackDown, or possibly NXT. He's been putting out a few tweets uh, kind of setting tongues wagging that he could be going to the black and gold brands. And I think a lot of people will be quite happy to see him down there, much uh, in the same vein as Finn Balor, to be honest with you. Uh, then we get uh, an eight-man tag, Randy Orton, AJ Styles, Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler, of course, the current Raw Tag Team Champions, going up against Heavy Machinery, Braun Strowman and The Miz, uh, with Braun pinning Dolph Ziggler for the victory. However, the big talking point coming out of this match was Braun Strowman getting into a bit of a, a verbal confrontation. Nearly, uh, nearly there was fisticuffs there, very nearly between between Braun and Tyson Fury, current world heavyweight boxing champion. Uh, Tyson Fury sitting in the front row, of course. And uh, yeah, actually leaping over the barrier, only being separated by security guards. So I'm sure that he wouldn't have had any problem uh, knocking them out of the way if he really wanted to. But we're going to be getting a face-to-face between Tyson Fury, the current world heavyweight champion uh, boxer, of course, going up against Braun Strowman. Um, this, this could be quite interesting. Um, there, there's rumours that they might be putting Braun and Tyson Fury maybe in a match at Saudi Arabia um, in, uh, I think it's later on this month at the end of October. I would hold off and possibly have this as a WrestleMania match. They could build this for the next four or five months, hold it off until uh, uh, WrestleMania 36. But so what were your thoughts on kind of this whole segment and the inclusion of Tyson Fury, current world heavyweight champion, um, and a bit of a face-off with Braun there? See. I, I disagree with um, what you said about holding it off to Mania. Because we've had that before with Big Show and Mayweather. It was just atrocious. No, it was a good match. How are we on no, about? it wasn't. <laughs> it was horrible to watch. And although this has a different aspect to it, because obviously they're both big dudes. So where the Big Show Mayweather match, that was just stupid just the size difference alone was stupid it's like what why 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 would you do that why would you put that that little thing against big show i can see how it's, it'd be interesting and it'd be a good way to put another aspect into it but i don't know if it's just because it was on fox and as of as everyone knows fox won a more sports-based thing mm. so then does this mean then that braun's gonna go to smackdown then does that mean if Braun's going to go to SmackDown, we'll finally see him beat Brock Lesnar? For God's yeah. sake. That's never Brock Lesnar is you know that. <laughs> just... Oh, good God. But it was a good way to shake things up, and uh, it kind of had the feels of uh, Stone Cold and Mike Tyson from all them years back, 22 years ago, uh, having, you know, kind of a... Uh, a tough guy like Tyson Fury having a face off with a you know a, a top wrestler within the WWE, not quite to the standard of Mike Tyson and Stone Cold, of course. But it'd be interesting to see 
Um, obviously, it's to bring in kind of mainstream attention, fresh eyeballs, possibly bringing the boxing fans into into watching SmackDown or the WWE product. But uh, it, it, it was fresh. It was different. It was uh, interesting. And I'm interested to see where it where it ends. But um, well, yeah, I'm intrigued to see where it goes. I just don't want it. If it's Saudi Arabia, fine, because I don't watch those pay-per-views because I think it's <laughs> stupid. Because I just I just don't agree with the fact they don't allow women's wrestling on it. I think that's my biggest concern yeah, with that. Same here. Yeah, I think it's, it's everybody's gripe with it. It's just like, well, you're not getting the full product then because the women can do stuff most of the time better than the bloody men. Yeah, of course. And it's just like, you just know. Because there was rumours, weren't there, at the last one that they were going to have, um, was it Natalia versus Bliss, Alexa? I think it was. Yeah. yeah, it was Natalia versus Bliss. And then they pulled it two days before. Yeah, I was like, yeah. no. And they ended yes, up visiting no, a children's no. hospital and uh, to get a bit of publicity. But um, yeah, they, they... It's just... it irritates me. Yeah. Uh, well, hmm. I'm sure the WWE would like to have some women um, on their on their Saudi cars, but I can't see it happening anytime soon. To be honest with you, there's a lot of politics there. Um, but uh, yes, that's another story for another podcast. There will be a, a, a lumberjack match, Kieran. Uh, Roman Reigns versus Eric Rowan. Of course, Eric Rowan uh, beat Roman Reigns at Clash of Champions. So uh, this has been kind of building since the Who attacked uh, Roman Reigns uh, debacle from uh, from last month. Um, but uh, there's plenty of shenanigans in this one, as you would expect from a lumberjack match. Plenty of interference from Luke Harper as well. Uh, the match ended with Daniel Bryan getting involved, nailing Harper with a running knee in the ring uh, to put a stop to his interference. Um, that allowed Roman Reigns to hit Rowan with a spear for the win, setting up uh, their tag match at Hell in a Cell on Sunday. So we'll be talking more about this, but that's one of only four matches announced for Hell in a Cell. And it's Luke Harper and Rowan versus Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan. That should be a good match. Uh, then we get our main events. Kofi Kingston has been WWE champion since WrestleMania. He's actually been an all right champion. He's been a fighting champion. Um, he, he hasn't got any more serious as WWE champion, still throwing pancakes around and grinding around with Biggie and uh, Xavier. Uh, but he, he, he's played his part. He's had a one or two feuds. Uh, his Randy Orton feud has been a little bit lackluster, but uh, um, it's been good to see Kofi Kingston as a WWE champion. I think it's something that a lot of his wrestling fans have kind of wished for for many years. He's been champion now for six or seven months since WrestleMania. Brock Lesnar gets in the ring, the bell rings, 10 seconds later, one F5, one F5 later, and we have a new WWE champion. So that kind of uh, uh, almost dismissed Kofi's seven-month-long championship reign in 10 seconds. So as Brock and Paul Heyman are celebrating in the ring, you have another surprise appearance. We've had a few of those this week, um, and it's uh, former UFC champion, Kane Velasquez uh, comes out. He's accompanied by Rey Mysterio. You've got Rey Mysterio's music coming down. Rey's walking down the ramp. You've got Kane Velasquez there. You've got Brock Lesnar, the new champion in the ring. Um, and uh, Kane Velasquez gets in the ring. He takes down Brock Lesnar. There's a uh, some some. There's a bit of a throwdown in the middle of the ring. And the closing scene is you've got Kane Velasquez in the ring, staring down Brock Lesnar, who's kind of retreating up the ramp. And not only do we have a new WWE champion, we've got uh, a former UFC champion. And not only that, uh, Kane Velasquez beat Brock Lesnar to be the UFC champion a few years back in a, in a wild and bloody match with uh, Brock getting busted open big time in the octagon there. Uh, but uh, Kane Velasquez, he's, he's, he's dabbled in professional wrestling for a little while now. He's, he's trained at the Performance Center. He's had a couple of shows for AAA. 
Um, and uh, there were rumours that he would either go to just stay with AAA or go to a bigger promotion like AEW or WWE. And he's made the uh, the wise choice, I think. And um, I think it's a uh, money on the table uh, having Brock Lesnar there already and having a ready set feud between Cain Velasquez and Brock Lesnar. Uh, we could well see this at Survivor Series. I think this this could be a match that could be held off to Survivor Series. Um, it's definitely a WrestleMania caliber match, in my opinion. But their feud might continue for a few months. But I'd love to know your thoughts on this one Kieran a 10 second match and then a, a big appearance to uh, close Smackdown for the week firstly beep 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 on the just the poor ending of Kofi's reign um yeah <laughs> when I watched it I, I was I was swearing insanely too much and um it, it's annoyed me I'm not gonna lie it, it's annoying but I expected it at the same time uh, you've just gone and made Kofi just look crap again and it's it's you spent all this time building him up making him champ put him in that amazing program on the build-up to mania as well it was amazing, and you've, yeah. ju- you've just gone and took it all away from him in 10 seconds and it disappoints me but then same breath got a new champ it's not the best champ in the world it's brock lesnar but we've got kane velasquez and I wasn't expecting this at all, in the slightest. I heard the rumours, but I didn't think he'd go WWE, in my honest opinion. I thought he would have gone, stayed in Mexico for a bit, and then come up yeah. to somewhere else. But to have him in WWE, hell yeah. Hell to the yeah. Yeah, it was a, it was a good surprise. Um, I've got to say... When you compare uh, body shapes and images of Cain Velasquez and, and Brock Lesnar, Cain Velasquez doesn't look your typical WWE wrestler. He's got a bit of a dad bot going on there. He kind of needs to tone up a little bit and, and spend a few hours in the gym. But I think for his fighting style and his ability, once he's inside the ring, I think all that goes out the window, to be honest with you. Um, but, have, you uh, have you watched any of his UFC fights? I've seen a few, yeah. He is he, cardio he, king. He, 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 he is. can go all day yeah it's brilliant <laughs> he he may have a dad bod but he must have lung capacity of a, a hippo because they sleep underwater for like eight hours it's just he i've watched loads of his fights and it's just insane at how he can just go full pelt for the but what's, every his, what's, second. His, what's his character like what's his personality like is he going to be able to i mean cause of course you've got uh, brock's mouthpiece in paul Heyman. is he going to be you know go toe to toe, mic to mic with uh, with Paul Heyman. Um, is he going to be able to put bumps in seats and be able to sell a program between him and Brock on the microphone? I think it will self sell itself because of their past. Yeah, my honest opinion. I mean, you're going to entice old UFC fighters now because you'll have them intrigued to see if it can go UFC style. You know, like Brock did to Randy in their match. Yeah, yeah. It'd be nice to see it the other way around because last time it happened, Kane nearly killed him. So. <laughs> Yeah, so you, you you've got you've got Tyson Fury pulling in the boxing fans, you've got Cain Velasquez pulling in the UFC fans, uh, so they're certainly trying to branch out and widen their audience. But uh, yeah, very interesting and, and a, a really uh, shocking way, a surprising way to end SmackDown. But overall, I thought it was a good episode, um, a really good debut episode. I'm sure Fox would be pleased. Um, I'm sure they're waiting with bated breath to see what the, the viewing figures are like. Uh, but uh, we're expecting. 
them to be a lot more than what SmackDown was pulling um, on its on its previous network, which I think was USA as well. And uh, it will probably be the number one rated show out of all the WWE shows because uh, I know that uh, Fox has a much wider audience than USA or any of the other affiliates that uh, WWE are associated to. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is the start of SmackDown being WWE's flagship show, number one show. Um, and I think certainly with the star power they're pulling out and all the big names, it uh, looks like that, uh, you know, Fox are definitely investing in this and WWE are going to be pulling out all the stops. So a really good episode of SmackDown to kick things off. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we, we had legends return, legends coming out such as Lita, Stress, Trish Stratus, Mick Foley, Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, Kurt Angle, and so many more. Um, so it's definitely a star studded show. I think there's mixed reviews on, you know, how good the show was. Um, I think that uh, probably the best match of the night was probably the ladder match. Um, and uh, probably the talking points coming out of it was possibly The Rock and Becky Lynch from the opening segment. And then Kane Velasquez mixing it up with Brock Lesnar. And uh, Brock, of course, becoming the new WWE champion uh, in record time, making uh, uh, short work of Kofi Kingston. But uh, should we have a look at our Hell in a Cell predictions then, Kieran? So it's only been four matches announced. And I've been kind of checking the WWE.com website and various others and i can only find four matches that have been announced which means that it's going to be an interesting pay-per-view and one to tune into not just for the matches that have been announced but for the matches that haven't been announced for the surprises to see uh, who's going to be paired up and what combination of of wrestlers we're going to be getting because it's probably going to be a, a seven or an eight match card maybe a match or two on the pre-show as well uh, but let's delve into the first match and that's daniel bryan roman reigns versus eric rowan and luke harper um so yeah, it looks like Daniel Bryan's turned face, or has he? Is he, is he kind of uh, uh, going to swerve us, us all and kind of reunite with Eric Rowan and Luke Harper at the end of it? I've got my faith in Daniel Bryan. I think uh, he's back to uh, not not the old, uh, yes, Daniel Bryan, but certainly a, a version of that as a baby face, teaming up with Roman Reigns. Uh, what's your thoughts on this one? It's kind of an interesting one, but if a fresh match, certainly in terms of a tag match anyway, um, and interesting to see what happens with Daniel Bryan being on the opposing side to his former teammate, a former tag team champion, Eric Rowan. So what's your thoughts on this one? Bryan's going to swerve us all. Luke Harper, Rowan and Bryan are going to walk out all together. Uh, yes, you're such a pessimist. <laughs> no, no, no. Just, just for feud basis alone and to keep Roman out of the main title picture at the minute, I think they need to elongate this programme a bit more. Um, that's just my opinion because obviously with what happened on SmackDown with obviously you've got Brock now as champ you've got Velasquez has come in so he's clearly going to make himself a title contender without actually doing anything um, yeah it, I don't want to see it it's just my opinion and I think that's how they'll go to elongate the feud a bit mm. Yeah, interesting. I mean, I'm kind of looking at the other matches that have been announced and I'm kind of thinking, right, what what proportion of heel or babyface winners are we likely to have? So how could that potentially impact on the outcome for this one? I, I, I'm going to I'm gonna go with, only because ah, I'm a lifelong fan of Daniel Bryan. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of Roman Reigns, but I'm going to go for the babyface win here. I, I think you're right. There could be a swerve and there could be some extension to this storyline uh some extension to to you know this program uh with adding daniel bryan back into the mix with rowan and harper and creating a bit of a faction there with the three of them 
against Roman Reigns. I mean, I personally would like to see Daniel Bryan against Roman Reigns in a bit of a feud. So, you know, that scenario could play out to lead into a one-on-one match between those two um, with having Rowan and Harper on the outside as, as kind of like the, the muscle. But um, yeah, an interesting one. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, the, the Daniel Bryan fan in me wants it to be just a clean match. I can't see us getting a clean match, to be honest with you. So you're probably right. We probably will get a heel win and we probably will get some uh, some shenanigans with Daniel Bryan going, uh, uh, aligning himself again with Rowan and Harper. So that'll be an interesting watch. Just, it doesn't look fascinating on paper, but I think in reality, when you think about the possible scenarios, it could be a good one. Uh, it's, a good, it's, it's a good way for them to get Luke Harper and Rowan a couple of wins under the belt as well yeah. without yeah, exactly. Roman looking weak. Yeah. It, I mean, you've just brought Harper back from potentially leaving the company and you're trying to keep him on so he doesn't go to AEW. So You don't want to job him too soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Job him in six months' time. Yeah. Uh, what about Bailey versus Charlotte Flair? So two of the four matches that have been announced are both women's championship matches. This is for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Current champion Bailey, who defended her title successfully against Charlotte Flair by nefarious means, pulling off the turnbuckle pad and ramming Charlotte into the turnbuckle after being quite dominant in that match. But it wasn't a great match. This is a rematch. It's a singles match. No gimmick attached to it. I'm sure they'll get longer in this one, especially if there's not many matches on the card as a whole. Uh, Bailey hasn't really been doing it for me whether it's a, as a, as a babyface champion or as a heels champion if I'm honest with you uh, Charlotte Flair yeah I'm not into her as much nowadays I think they'll have a good match but uh, what's your thoughts on this one I don't care it's my honest opinion um, I've seen it too much now through NXT through Smackdown when they all came up through Raw through all of the title swapping and Oh my god, I'm I'm bored. Yeah, like I stated, yeah. I'm I'm just bored of those four ways together. Yeah, you've got Lacey Evans who can kill it. You've got Natalia who kills it and yet hasn't won a title in ages. It's it frustrates me. I know that's where the money is, but like you said, you're not going to make new stars if you don't put spotlight on the other stars. Yeah. And when Ember Moon, Oscar, and Kari Sane came up, I was like, yes. We're going to have some different blood. Boy, was I wrong. Yeah, I would have expected Emma Moon to have had more of a push. I know that she had a championship match against Bailey in one of the pay-per-views, but it, it was not very memorable. Hence, I can't remember uh, which pay-per-view it was, but um, Extreme Rules, possibly. Uh, and uh, yeah, they haven't really done anything with Ember since, although she's I'd say equally or maybe more talented than Bailey, but um, like you say, I think we're going to get a good match. But like you say, it's one of the matches that you've seen before. You don't really care too much about. Um, I don't really care who wins either. To be honest with you, I probably suspect that Charlotte will win only because it will be, you know, uh, the reverse outcome of what happened. Clash of Champions, of course, she gets her own back. Um, and I think they're trying to make her again as a baby face. So that could work. Uh, we're heading into kind of getting closer to Survivor Series, then Royal Rumble going into Mania. They probably want Charlotte as their champion heading into Mania. But it'll be interesting. But one of the matches that, yeah, it's not, it's not, doesn't really get you excited for the show. I was going to say, because I didn't actually do my prediction, I just said I don't care. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with Charlotte for the win. But then I think that's going to have impact in the later match. Okay, okay. So let's move on to that match then. Uh, <laughs> Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks. It's, it's two Hell in a Tail matches. It's the first of two. Um, it might it might be the, the short opener as well. So Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks in a Hell in a Cell. 
they had a, an excellent match at Clash of Champions. Um, Sasha Banks is killing it since she's been returned, since she's uh, come back as the kind of new blue-haired heel Sasha Banks. The boss is finally back against Becky Lynch, who's still quite hot um she, you know she she had a go i think the match against sasha at clash of champions certainly uh, reinvigorated her lit the fire again where she had a bit of a lackluster feud against lacey evans but this one kind of brought her back into prominence she's getting a lot of mainstream tv coverage as the face of wwe 2k20 and uh, being in there with stone cold being in the you know the ring with the rock uh, she is, quote-unquote, the most uh, popular, almost over-character in WWE. But uh, being inside a hell uh, adds a different dynamic to it. Uh, and, um, yeah, I, I, I'd love Becky to retain here, personally, because I'm more into Becky than I am Sasha. But I think that... Uh, I think that maybe the time is right for Sasha to win the SmackDown or the Raw Women's Championship to be the new Raw Women's, Women's Champion. I think the title could possibly change hands on Sunday. What's your thoughts? So I'm hoping, so my predictions are going on if the match card plays out how I want it to play out. So I want the two Hell in a Cells back to back at the end of the show. That way you ain't got to lift it all up and lift it all back down. You can just leave it as is. Um, But for me, so if the SmackDown women's match is before this match, then it will be Banks that beats... Lynch, but because Bailey will get involved because she's pissed that she lost the SmackDown title. That's okay. how I think it will happen. I think it will happen, but I think it will happen with untoward situations. Plus, as well, if they go on first as well, Bailey could just hide under the ring. Yeah, potentially. So, uh, who's your, who's your winner again? Who are you going with? I'm going with Sasha to win. Right. If my match card plays out how I want it to. Yeah. Okay, uh, and like I say, although it goes against my better nature, I'm going with Sasha as well, to be honest with you. And then the, 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 what's clearly going to be the main event, the match that's been uh, promoted more than any other match of late, Seth Rollins putting his Universal Championship on the line in a hell in a cell once again um, against the Fiend Bray Wyatt. So before they were calling the Fiend just the Fiend, now it's the Fiend Bray Wyatt, just to kind of obviously... Uh, join the dots to those that are getting confused that it's the same person, but it, it is the same person, but it's his, it's his alter ego. It's his kind of bipolar uh, Jekyll and Hyde character, you could say. So I, I just want them to call him the fiend and I'm sure for the most part he will be. Um, but um, this is the match that I can't wait to see. And I think the way that they've promoted, the way they've pushed, the way they've handled Bray Wyatt and the way they've handled the Firefly Funhouse, the way they've handled the fiend, it's been absolutely spot on perfect. I know the WWE can be criticized so, so often for screwing up debuts and for screwing up personality. And, and let's be honest, they did it with Bray Wyatt originally. They should have pushed him to the moon. They had him lose to Cena in, uh, in his first WrestleMania, WrestleMania 30, and then to take her at 31. And then, yeah, so he, he's lost to all the big stars. You could say he's got a bit of a rub off them, but he's not done him any favours in the win-loss column anyway. Uh, but here, uh, he's only had one match. So, and he's already in a Hell in a Cell main events for a championship uh, but that match was pretty memorable against Finn Balor at SummerSlam. Here in match number two, certainly on TV anyway, um, it's got to be The Fiend. I think if they're going to continue the effort and the momentum that they've put into pushing this character and the effort they've put into Bray Wyatt and the Firefly Funhouse and the, everything that's gone into this, they've got to follow through. They've got to follow through and they've got to put the belt on The Fiends. And I think that's the only possible outcome. Uh, what's your thoughts? I agree. I 100% agree. Um... If it goes any other way, 
as I said previously, I think it was off air. I can't remember if it was off air, off air or on air. Um, I'm looking forward to the pay-per-view, and that's the match I'm looking forward to the most. But I don't want WWE to kill The Fiend. And as much as I don't want that in, in my head, it's because they've done it so often, I'm just like, they're going to do it, aren't they? They're going to make Seth prevail. He's going to be the monster slayer, the beast slayer, and the fiend slayer. And then he'll face <laughs> Taker at Mania, and he'll be the Fiendum slayer. And I'm just like, oh, my God, this guy's got too many nicknames. Um, so, yeah. Don't forget, the king, the, don't forget the King Slayer. I'll oh, screw the King Slayer. She's <laughs> nothing anymore. Um, but for, for me, it's um, I want the Fiend to win, but in in my head, in my heart, I want Fiend. In my head, I'm saying Seth because I just know what WWE are like and he's the moneymaker at the minute. So, uh, stuff it, I'll go Fiend. Oh, you changed your mind at the last second there. I thought you were going to go for the most boring wrestler in the WWE universe, uh, but uh, you've gone with the most interesting one instead, so well done. But uh, (laughs) Kieran, we've got to wrap it up there, buddy. Um, We've spoken at length about NXT, the first two-hour show on USA, going head-to-head with AEW. We spoke about SmackDown, so a really good week's worth of uh, of wrestling, whether you've watched Raw, AEW, SmackDown, NXT, NXT UK, uh, whatever brand you follow, whatever wrestling you enjoy, You've been sport for choice. And as, as uh, Kieran said, competition is good and the wrestling product is getting better. It's noticeable um, and it's notice- noticeably better, getting stronger each and every week. And I think that, um, yeah, competition is good for everybody. Competition is good for the wrestling product. And I think it's uh, good for more than anything for the fans and for the wrestlers. But, um, yeah, I like I say we've given our Hell in a Cell predictions as well. So uh, thank you, Kieran. I really appreciate you kind of dropping in and helping us out with this podcast. And I uh, really can't wait to get you back on board and talk about uh, you and your, your wrestling adventures and more NXT in the future. Yes, I can't wait as well. You know me. I always look forward to it. Love a bit of talking about my passion as i said on the facebook page as well it's brilliant for me to get out there and actually express how i feel and how i want to how i'd like wwe to be booked let's say yes we all like a bit of uh, kieran reed fantasy booking but uh, that that's all for this episode uh we are recording very very soon uh, the aew's first ever episode of dynamite uh, podcast with chris thornton and ash crawford very very soon uh so that will be dropping uh, in a matter of hours as will this one so please keep it tuned to the wrestling with john's podcast for all of your weekly nxt and nxt uk updates with wwe and aw pay-per-view reviews and so much more and if you uh, have enjoyed listening to podcast please don't forget to spread the word tell your friends tell your family let's get even more people listening to the podcast uh please hit that subscribe button so you get notified on when the next uh, or when every episode of the wrestling with john's podcast drops uh so you don't miss out on a single episode uh, but uh, don't forget to vote for the wrestling with john's uh at um the second annual wrestling podcast awards and of course, the link is pinned to the top of our Twitter and to the top of our Facebook pages. So if you're not following those pages, go out and do so at with Jonas underscore pod and wrestling with Jonas on Facebook. But for the meantime, from myself and from Kieran, thank you very much for listening. Hope you enjoy uh, Hell in a Cell taking place tomorrow and uh, have yourself a good week. Take care, everybody. Bye.